Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com/upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Dairy Gold Agribusiness for quality feed, expert service and support you can trust. Welcome to our program. I'm John O'Connor. Coming up, ICMSA anger over milk prices. The IFA are meeting to discuss the 100 million euro Brexit beef aid package distribution. Trying to deal with the ongoing threat of trespassers on your farmland, people living in fear. But our top story, a review of the breeding season as we reach the halfway point. Welcome to the Dairy Gold Farm Talk programme. Miss Doreen Corridan, veterinary surgeon with Munster Bovine, formerly Munster AI. Doreen, bang in the middle of the breeding season. Any tips for farmers? Uh, that's correct, uh, John. We're uh, directly bang, actually, in the middle of the breeding season. Uh, today, the 8th of June. So any cows bred today will actually be calving the 19th of March. And I think the important thing for herd owners at the moment, at this time of the year, there are three things they need to focus on for 2020. First thing, avoid a lull that we normally get in mid-March calving. Second thing, try and pull April calvers back to March and avoid a high percentage of empty cows at the end of the year. So generally speaking, Doreen, how is the breeding season going so far? It's going exceptionally well so far in the sense that uh, we've been getting exceptionally high submission rates. Our submission rates probably are the highest I mean, that I have seen, probably due to the good weather and high intakes in cows and so forth. Also, uh, speaking with vets out in farms who have conducted uh, fertility checks in cows uh, that haven't uh, been bred, um, the number of cows they've actually checked is much lower in comparison to other years. However, there is one thing that's concerning at the moment is the percentage of repeats that we're getting back is actually quite low. So, I mean, it's down at around uh, 15%. And just to put that in context, John, if cows get 70% conception rate, which is exceptional, uh, we'll have three out of every 10 cows bred returning to service. If they get 60%, we'll have four out of every 10 returning to service. So, basically, if a herd owner has less than three to four cows returning out of every 10 bred, they are actually missing heats. Also this week, I've spoken to a number of vets who have done early pregnancy scans and the pregnancy rates they're coming across out in farms is between 50 to 60% conception rates. In the odd herd, high herd, they'll be up at 65. So for herd owners, so I mean, I'd be quite concerned with their return rates if their repeat rates are less than three to four. They are actually missing cows. What can herd owners do now? Some important things for them to do. I think the first thing is increased in intensity of heat detection because activity is a third of what it was at peak. 
Um, if you had a large herd, you'd have 10 cows a day coming at peak. That's down to third. If you had five cows coming a day at peak, that's now down to two. So our activity is down to third of what it was at peak. So what that means, we really have to increase the intensity of heat detection. So how we increase the intensity of heat detection? Uh, fresh tail paint and change the colour. So if the cows have been painted blue all along, change the colour now and put on pink. The blue is unlikely to come off now because it's on in layers. But if a cow is in heat and the pink is gone, I will inseminate her. So change the colour, go with the new colour, ignore the old colour. Second thing what you could do is put on scratch cards and cranes. They work exceptionally well. Equally, if you have a vasectomised bull, fit him with a chin ball, make sure the paint is topped up regularly. That will really help you to actually pick up cows in heat. The second thing you can do is go through your milking herd at the moment and pull out cows that are not yet bred. Get him into the crush for your vet to come out early next week. Get him synchronised. Because with these cows, what we need to do is give them an opportunity of at least two services before the end of the breeding season. So cows that are going through the parlour, that are not bred, get them into the crush, get them synchronised. The other thing, John, is um, energy uh, is absolutely crucial, especially for cows that calved in the second six weeks of the calving season. So really monitor your energy intakes. And in dairy herds, you have a daily monitor of your energy intakes by watching the volume and the percentage protein coming back from the crop. And if your volume or percentage protein is dropping faster than what it should, you're really into energy deficit. And this can happen uh, due to grass quality um, deteriorating because in the last week, grass growths really well up and grass can go to control very easily. So it's a balance between grass quality output and the actual level of concentrates going in. Now, for farmers who do that, for farmers who, who carry out those important uh, actions, what would the benefits be to reinforce for our listeners the benefits of carrying out those important uh, actions which you've uh, outlined for our listeners? Okay, so basically it's to avoid the lull next mid-March in the actual calving, pull back the April calvers to March and reduce the number of empty cows. So what is the benefit of that to the actual herd owner next year? The first thing is, the more empty rate he reduces, the less replacements he has to put in. Because a second or third caver will produce 500 euro more milk than an actual first caver. Apart altogether from the cost of replacing a cow with a maiden heifer. The second thing is, each day you gain um, in the calving interval, it's worth two kilos of solids. And it's two kilos of solids off grass. And John... Any herd owner, when they come to the end of March and early April, the last thing they want looking at is dry cows inside in the, in the shed, not actually producing. Could we recap, please, uh, Doreen, speaking to Miss Doreen Corridon, veterinary surgeon with uh, Munster Bovine. Munster Bovine have recently been rebranded from their previous uh, name of Munster AI. Could you analyse and list your three top tips for breeding at this point in time? Okay, first thing is her donors have to at least be getting three to four repeats per every 10 cows inseminated. So they really need to improve the intensity of heat detection, changing tail paint, switching to scratch cards, keeping the vasectomized bull topped up. Get out the vet. If there are some early scans gone 30 days, it can be done. I mean, just check those cows are pregnant. But the most important thing is cows not yet bred to get them bred and keep up the energy at this time of the year, especially the cows that calved in the second six weeks of the calving season. We refer to the fact there that Munster Bovine is the new rebranded name 
for the former Munster AI. You might just say a word or two about Munster Bovine and if you have a phone number or a website contact for people who might like to discuss further any aspect of what we've been talking about. Absolutely sure, John. Uh, Munster Bovine is based in Bellevue-Rasheen, Mallow. Uh, you, we can be contacted by um, phone number 022-43228. Equally, you can get on our website or send us a message or contact one of our technicians that's on the road and we're willing to help at any time with anything her donors need in relation to fertility and breeding. Thank you very much indeed. Miss Doreen Corridon, veterinary surgeon, with Munster Bovine, formerly Munster AI, recently rebranded to Munster Bovine. Thank you, Doreen, very much indeed. Thanks a million. The IFA have organised two information meetings regarding distribution of the 100 million euro Brexit beef fund. First meeting is in Riverside Park Hotel, McCroom, at 8.30pm on Wednesday 12th of June. All welcome to attend. The second meeting takes place in the South Court Hotel, Limerick, on Monday 17th of June, 8.30pm. Breaking news from Brussels indicates the European Commission will want Irish farmers to pledge to reduce the circular herd as a condition of paying its €50 million Euro into the overall €100 million Euro Brexit beef compensation fund. Mr John Coughlin, IFA Munster Regional Chairman. Yes, John, look, uh, people know at this stage that the IFA campaigned very strongly to get a compensation package for beef finishers who have suffered through a Brexit issue. And I mean, look, we, are, we could clearly put the figures to the Commission that the cattle prices that we endured here since last September to March were affected by Brexit. And I must say, the campaign has led to the EU Commission uh, contributing 50 million euros and the Irish government contributing another 50 million euros as a retrospective payment for beef finishers. And IFA had decided last week that we would have a number of meetings around the country for farmers to voice their opinions as to how this money should be paid out. We believe in IFA that it should be paid to beef finishers and suckler farmers only. Certainly it can't be paid to uh, feedlots, uh, factory feedlots. It can't be given to factories in any shape or form. But unfortunately, over the past 24 hours, I think the Commission has come forward with a number of convoluted draft proposals for paying out this money. And I think, look, we have to hit that very hard on the head at this stage. So I'm asking farmers in the Cork area and Kerry area to come to the Riverside Park Hotel in McCroom on Wednesday night, the 12th of June at 8 up to p.m. Uh, so that we will have a proper, a full meeting, a full house where people can voice their opinions and where the Minister can fully realise that farmers are angry that there are conditions being attached to this 50 million retrospective compensation package. And John, I believe there is a feeling out there that this uh, money might just be some kind of shock absorber for something far more important coming down the line regarding the European Union and the strong links they'll put to beef production or beef premium to the environment, etc. So the best way that any listener can make sure they are safeguarding their own profession of being a suckler farmer or beef producer as opposed to a feedlot manager, they should come along. And to remind our listeners again, the venue, time and date for this very important meeting and to confirm that your president Mr. Joe Healy will be in attendance, it's hoped. Well, John, we've had a number of these meetings up in the northern part of the country and in the east in the last week, and they've been very well attended. We want to see the Munster meetings well attended as well. And I think, look, as you said, 
there has been soundings coming from Brussels in relation to Capri Forum, whereby they want to look at uh, supply management and they want to look at climate and environmental issues in relation to CAP. And that is a totally separate issue entirely to this compensation package. And we are very surprised to see the conditions that have been put in place. They are draft conditions. There is a process whereby our minister can reject these proposals. He has up till the 16th of July to, to discuss these and to respond to it. And I think it's very important that our minister fully realises the anger that's out there among beef finishers and circular producers to have these sorts of convoluted uh, proposals put in place to make a compensation package uh, hard to get, to make it, to tie it up in knots. And, you know, it's a one that can be paid directly to finishers and circular producers without any conditions or without any strings attached if the minister is prepared to do it. Uh, just to say, look, if people can't go to McCroom on Wednesday night, on Monday the 17th, there's the same meeting as also in the South Court Hotel in Limerick. So you have Wednesday the 12th in the Riverside Park Hotel McCroom, and we have Monday the 17th in the South Court Hotel in Limerick. It's the two dates that people can, if you can't make one, you can make the other. Thank you very much indeed, Mr. John Coughlin, IFA Munster Regional Chairman. Thank you, John. Thanks a million. Thanks very much, John. An important farm walk has been organised for 14th of June from 11am to 1pm on the farm of Kevin Downing at Farnastic, Whitechurch, County Cork. The air code is T34X336. The title of this walk is Future Proofing Irish Dairy Farming Systems with the agenda concentrating on nutrient management planning, water quality and nitrates issues and improving biodiversity on Irish dairy farms. That's on the farm of Mr Kevin Downing, Farnastic Whitechurch, County Cork, air code T34X336. 14th of June from 11am to 1pm. Theme is future-proofing Irish dairy farming systems. Minister of State for Agriculture, Food and the Marine, Andrew Doyle TD, with responsibility for forestry, on 5th of June launched Ireland's tree volume calculator. This calculator has been developed to allow forestry owners and managers to estimate tree volume online using basic tree information for the main conifer and broadleaf tree species. Tree volume is an important unit of measurement as it details the size of a tree, which can be used to inform forest management decisions. It will also assist in determining the value of a tree or a forest. Commenting on the launch of the tree volume calculator on 5th of June, Minister Doyle said the availability of this online calculator gives everyone access to a facility which allows the calculation of tree volume using the basic information of tree diameter and height. Availability online will allow people to access the facility at any time. Joining us on the Dairy Gold Farm Talk programme, Mr John Casey, Forestry Development Officer with the Chagask Office in Mallow. First of all, John, welcome to the programme. Now, we know, of course, the great value of forestry and trees, particularly broadleaf trees, when it comes to stopping excessive climate warming, we talk about trees as the great uh, carbon sinks, etc. But you are taking part now in a major forestry event. The event is called Talking Timber. Uh, it's on the 11th of June in the Charleville Park Hotel in Charleville. And uh, I suppose the title is called Making the Most Sense Out of uh, Harvesting. So harvesting itself, there's a lot of moving parts. There's a lot of things owners need to know, both about thinning and clear felling. 
just to make the most out of their forest potential. So to help forest owners, Chagas and the forest and its forestry development department are running uh, a confer marketing event, both in Cork and in Leash actually as well. It's on the 11th of June, which is ne- uh, next Tuesday, uh, and registration will be from half past nine, and the, the event itself will commence then at 10 o'clock. And yes, it is free for everybody. Part of the idea behind these Talking Timber events is to uh, enable forest owners, mostly farmers, to meet uh, the industry themselves, both uh, contractors, foresters, mills, those sort of people. Uh, because normally they don't come into contact with each other. The idea then behind it is just questions that farmers need to ask themselves. How do I prepare my crop for harvesting? What can I expect from my crop in terms of value? Uh, who is doing what, when, how, and perhaps most importantly, for whom? If you're employing somebody, who is he working for? Is he buying the timber off you, or is he selling the timber for you? And then, of course, that leads into what deal suits me best. Whether you're selling it standing, whether you're selling, cutting it down and selling it at the roadside, or maybe directly to the mill. So there's different combinations, there's different ways of doing it. It will depend on your own circumstance, but the idea is... You come to these events, you meet all the different players that are all working in the forestry industry as well. We know this, uh, Mr Phil Hogan, the EU Commissioner for Agriculture, he has been uh, suggesting as it were, that every farm should have some forestry. Yes, uh, I've seen those, th- those comments. And yes, I think most farms could be able to carry forestry without reducing their actual grazing or productive area. Uh, it would be an addition to every farm. Carbon sequestration and nitrate mitigation are, uh, is important, uh, both on a farm basis and on a sectoral basis. Uh, so, and what I would say is, while broadleaves might have a greater amount of biodiversity, as you mentioned, uh, conifers actually sequester a greater amount of carbon. So there is, you know, there's advantages to having a mix of, of species rather than just having one species. So the different types of trees, the broad leaves or conifers, they really can complement one another in what we are now being told is the crisis of the planet. There is always climate change, but it has accelerated and it is of concern. Everybody has to play their part. Farmers or or overall public. One of the things I'd like to mention is the annual timber production from private forestry sector, mostly farmers, is set to increase sevenfold to almost 3 million cubic metres by 2028. That is less than 10 years of time. You know, there's a lot of potential money to be made out of there, but it's rapidly expanding. Farmers need to find an attractive market. They need to ensure that the work is done to a high standard. They're in a position to take the best advantage of their crop. By going to Talking Timber, 11th of June, the Charleville Park Hotel, Charleville, County Cork, people from the forestry industry will be put in touch with all of the key players. Chagas' view would be that forestry complements agriculture, mainstream agriculture, rather than actually replacing it. It's a further income stream to uh, perhaps marginal uh, farming enterprises. Uh, and at the event itself, there will be a timber display where we will discuss the kind of products that the mills want. It's the same as if you're selling milk or you're selling cattle. You need to understand what your customer wants. There will then be a number of presentations by myself uh, t- talking about forestry and harvesting getting ready by the Department of Agriculture covering felling licences. There will also be a tax es- expert from FDC and there will also be a representative from the Forest Owner Cooperative Society based in Cork talking about 
the forest owner's perspective of where they see this going. So all in all, I think there's a lot of information for landowners that are either have crops ready for thinning or clear fell or approaching either one of those stages. Thank you very much indeed, Mr. John Casey, Forestry Development Officer, Chargask Office in Mallow in Cork North. Thank you, John, very much indeed. Thank you, John. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze. Relax and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow wherever you are. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mr. John O'Mahony, Chairman of the 2019 Clonakilty Agricultural Show, previews this very important event. Hello, John. 104th show will be held in Clonakilty Showgrounds on Sunday, the 9th of June. Not alone is it an agricultural show, it is a family day out with entertainment and a big social occasion to it as well. So we've noticed that over the years that the social aspect of it is very important as well as the agricultural aspect of it. And then um, to Sunday the 9th of June and we have a big lineup of events on the day. Dairy, beef and sheep, the horses and ponies, the poultry events that were held over 100 years ago in our early shows. Poultry and eggs were very big in the early shows of the Show Society in the early 1900s. We also have a dog show, which is getting bigger every year. Pet dogs and family dogs and grooming and showing dogs is big business for a lot of families at this stage now. The other big item we have is Open Air Concert with Paul Kelly and his band, and he has a special guest with him this year, Christopher King of Ireland's Got Talent in 2018. He was the only man to get the golden buzzer from Lucy Kennedy on the programme. We also this year have a cooking demonstration for a summer barbecue with Joe Shannon of TV3 fame and the morning show on TV. And this event is being sponsored very generously by Clannacilty Black Pudding. We've all the usual events of the Best Dressed Lady, which is sponsored by Belladonna and Inchidani Lodge and Spa. Um, this year also, we have something new. We have the Strongman competition. And we expect to have Pa O'Dwyer there from Limerick, who's Ireland's and England's strongest man at the moment. He won the title recently, and we hope to have him at the show.
We also have competitors from all around Ireland. We have them from Dublin, Galway, Wexford, and we also have some local participants from Clannacilty in Dave and Liam will be competing. This is a competition. There will be several events in it, and it's going to be great entertainment for the crowd watching what these men can achieve. Also, this year, we have the Donkey Derby, which is a new thing for Clannacilty. Entertaining, fun. We're looking for jockeys at the moment, and it's going to be the highlight of the evening up in the horse arena when the horse classes are finished. So, Speaking to Mr John O'Mahony, the chairman, the chairperson of Clonakilty Agricultural Show 2019, taking place on Sunday 9th of June, the West Cork Artisans Food Village. So important that we have clean, natural food sources. West Cork is famous for all the different food ingredients that are being brought and demonstrations and top quality produce in black puddings, in savouries. There's a huge selection of cheeses in West Cork. We're proud to be associated with the producers. You'll be paying top prize money for competitions. Our top one in the dairy section is the Dubliner Cheese All-Ireland Heifer and Milk Final, which is carrying a prize fund of €1,350 sponsored by Carberry Milk Products. They have been long associated with the Show Society in sponsoring this class, and we're delighted to have them with us on it. In the horse section, we have the Breeders' Championship of €2,500 and the Castle Freak Cup, sponsored by the Evans Freak family of Castle Freak. We, that's the second year of this competition. We had a local man, P.J. Lehan, won it last year, and this year is the second year of that competition. We also have the Fall Championship, which is a new competition this year with a prize fund of €1,500, sponsored by Internal Affairs, and we also have the Yearling Championship, which is carrying a prize fund of €1,500, sponsored by KC Civil Engineering. So we are delighted to have these sponsors come on board with us. The official opening and blessing of the showgrounds will happen at 10 o'clock on Sunday morning, and by our patron, Monsignor Aidan O'Driscoll, will give a blessing on that's the start of our show day and competitions will be on during the day and it will finish at approximately 6 o'clock in the evening. All events will come to a finish at that stage. Thank you, John, very much. Thanks, Thanks a million. very much, John. Thanks there to Mr John O'Mahony, Chairman, Chairperson of the 2019 Clonakilty Agricultural Show taking place on Sunday 9th of June. Speaking to Mr. Oshin Coakley from Chagas, from the Clonakilty Agricultural College, Dabara, Clonakilty, County Cork, Chagas Advisory, an Agricultural Catchments Programme Advisor, Timalig Catchment. So any upcoming events next week which would be of interest to listeners? Thanks, John. I suppose, look, there's two events that I'd like to highlight. There's a community meeting organised by the Local Authority Waters Programme. Um, that's happening uh, in, in the Celtic Ross Hotel on the evening of the 11th of June, uh, which is next Tuesday evening. Um, okay, I suppose it, it's going to be held from 8pm to 9.30. All are welcome. And I suppose that the title of the, the meeting on the night is What's Happening in the Tineal Stream and Rothcarbury Bay. There'll be staff from the local authority waters programme there, and it, it's free for everyone to, to attend. 
Okay, so it's it's from 8 p.m. to 9.30 uh, next Tuesday, the 11th of June. And then just secondly, um, uh, above in, 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 in White Church in County Cork, I suppose, Chagas are hosting a farm event that will be running on the 14th of June in the daytime uh, from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. on Kevin Downing's farm, uh, by kind permission of himself, Fran Ashtig. Fran Ashtig is the, is the townland uh, in White Church in County Cork. There's an air code there um, of T34X336. The subject for that particular farm walk is future-proofing the Irish dairy systems with the particular agenda concentrating on nutrient management planning, water quality and nitrate issues and improving biodiversity in Irish dairy farms. So very relevant to the, the topics that we'll be covering here in the Agricultural Catchments Programme. But that's held by Chagas Cork East up in Whitechurch on the 14th of June. Thank you very much indeed, Oisín. Mr Oisín Coakley, Agricultural Catchments Programme Advisor, Timothy Catchment, Chagask Advisory, Clonakilty Agricultural College, Darara Clonakilty. On Wednesday evening's programme, we'll have a longer conversation with Oisín about the Agricultural Catchment Programmes, that's the ACPs. Miss Hannah Quinn Mulligan, Irish Farmers Journal news correspondent, has written in the journal this week, Saturday 8th of June 2019, about trespassing on farmland. Cork, Cork North and Cork West, though technically not black spots, they have had quite a large number of incidents. Hannah, welcome to the programme. You've been monitoring the situation in Cork and indeed in your own adjacent county of Limerick. What are some of the main findings uh, of your report? The issue in North Cork might not be as bad as other counties, but it's still quite high. So there were 40 incidents of trespassing on farmland and in yards last year uh, for North Cork. But and it, but that is still substantially higher, actually, than the West Cork figures. So in comparison, in West Cork, there are only 24 incidents reported to, to the Gardaí. So uh, North Cork farmers will know themselves that, you know, there might be issues with trespassing. But it is interesting to see the disparity there that North Cork is worse affected than West Cork. Now, these trespassing incidents, do they always result in confrontation? And do the Guardian in general have any advice for people if they suspect there are people on their lands with these particular types of dogs, the lurchers? Any general rule of thumb to make sure you don't um, make a bigger problem for yourself by confronting people? Well, I think the first thing to say is that usually farmers are very intimidated when they see uh, lots of strange men with packs of dogs on their land. And it is a horrible thing to see. And even walking the land after people have been there, you know, they can find tinfoil or plastic wrappers. And those can be choking hazards as well for cattle. Like, you know, some people might just laugh it off, but it is a fairly serious thing if a cow gets a twisted gut or something like that as the result of littering on the land. So it's an intimidating thing and it's an unpleasant thing. What Gardaí say is to approach with caution and great care that uh, to not be confrontational in any way, shape or form, but to just go up to them and say, oh, well, you know, it's, it's a nice day, isn't it? Da, 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 da. But to be taking details of what the people look like, what their age range is, what their accent is like. Um, and then, if possible, if they've been driving around in cars, to also 
if possible, you know, find an area or a bit of the road where they can't see you to take a picture of what vehicle they're driving and the registration plate and to jot down these details and most importantly the time and the date and the day that it happens on and then to ring up your the guardie and to give all those details to them and to be honest you know that guard advice was given to me when I went to the figures with them but it does sound kind of ineffectual you know because when you're in that situation with with people on your land it is quite intimidating and I know for a lot of farmers out there listening to that kind of guard advice you know, they won't feel heartened by it. People might be surprised to find this is a civil offence. It's not a criminal offence, apparently. People found trespassing on your land, they're only committing a civil offence, apparently. That's very disturbing, and Fianna Fáil have come out with this, that it should be made a criminal offence, and that's what the Fianna Fáil spokesperson for justice, Jim O'Callaghan, is saying and insisting upon that it is made a criminal offence, because it is quite serious. And if you look at your neighbouring county, my home county, Limerick, um, the five-year figure shows that Limerick is the worst affected by trespassing, with 603 cases over the last five years. Um, now, in comparison, North Cork over the last year, five years is 199 incidents of uh, trespassing. What we have to remember as well is that a lot of the time farmers don't report trespassing or, you know, farmers might report it but not of all the details and it does go through the CSO pulse system which is notoriously not exactly 100% accurate. So it, it has been suggested that there are trespassing figures are much higher but that farmers don't report them because they feel powerless and they feel like perhaps the Gardaí can't do enough uh, to help them as well. When you find people on your land, even if they just seem to traverse the land and not uh, commit a crime, still it can be extremely unsettling for the farmer or the landowner. They're wondering, when will these people come back and strike? Yeah, that's it. And we have to remember that the average age of a farmer now is around 56, 57, and there might be a lot of farmers living by themselves as well. So it is intimidating and it is scary. I mean, what I would say is that Although farmers might not have, you know, the uh, much faith in Garda intervention, that they should ring the Gardaí and they should report it because at the end of the day, you know, some rural Garda stations have closed down and they're not going to come back or farmers aren't going to get um, Garda squad cars going around unless uh, rural crime is reported and that they know that there is kind of rural crime hotspots where they should be patrolling. So, you know, farmers should still report it. You know, it, it, it is very important that the Gardaí know that there's an issue there. And I know from actually talking to farmers in North Cork before that, you know, they had a huge issue around um, uh, men coming onto their land with lurchers and lamping as well. And actually, I was shown pictures, and they were absolutely horrific pictures of dairy cows that their eyes were bleeding because the lights had been so strong and it kind of it almost blinded their eyes. You know, so it was absolutely horrific. So it's not just the intent to maybe do criminal damage to to farmyards, but it's also the damage to livestock as well, and everyone knows that livestock's incredibly valuable. Thank you, Hannah. Miss Hannah Quinn Mulligan, Irish Farmers Journal, news correspondent, and our conversation there based on the article in the Saturday 8th of June edition of the Irish Farmers Journal. More of that interview in the midweek edition of the Dairy Gold Farm Talk programme next Wednesday between 10pm and 11. Thanks, Hannah, very much indeed. 
commenting on the rise in the latest Ornua index to a level that now translates to a price of 32.1 cents per litre, the chairperson of the ICMSA's Dairy Committee, Mr Gerald Quayne, said that the momentum for a farmer price rise for milk supplied last month was now, quote, irresistible. Mr Quayne contended it was now impossible for any co-op or processor to go on, quote, spinning the line about uncertainty in the markets and indecision when farmers could see that the co-ops themselves were receiving rises in their prices, as was demonstrated in this PPI. Gerald, what must be done? Well, I suppose, John, both most of the information that's aside on markets, both world and local, is there on the internet most farmers have access to that themselves nowadays. I suppose our great concern, John, will be that for the last two months in particular, especially the peak months, that there has been a tendency by the co-ops to drive down the price of milk ever so slightly on a monthly basis. And we, we felt then, and we feel even more so now, that there is actually no justification for that drop in the price of milk. Because we see that the world markets are very solid, the excess of milk or production over demand isn't there. There's a greater demand now than there's supply. There is a bit of excess supply in Europe. Probably Ireland would be probably one of the most countries leading the field in that our production is up on average roughly 12 and 18% between the different co-ops, depending on which co-op you look at. And I suppose you'll see a bit of an increase in the UK as well, and probably an increase in Poland. Now, the rest of Europe, which would be the Germany and France would be the two main milk producing countries in Europe. They are only, they are only struggling to get to where they were last year. So we feel there is no justification for this downward pressure on milk prices at the moment. And Irish farmers, in their surveys of the international situation, the global situation, they can see there is a never increasing demand for dairy products as certain countries become more and more prosperous. Yeah, I feel we feel that as dairy farmers, we are in a good place as far as the consumers concerned. They see the, the, the benefits and the value of dairy and the necessity for dairy in their diet. And th- that is driving their increased consumption of dairy products. And that's all the more reason why I feel that the processors and the co-ops indeed shouldn't be putting pressure downwards. In fact, they should be putting pressure upwards. And indeed, as of today, John, if I've seen yourself, that the PPI index, your new PPI index, rose from last month up to this for the month of May and is given a price equivalent to 32.1 cents. Well, that's a cent and a half greater than a lot of the co-ops and two cents greater than some. I know you would have a few co-ops, particularly the West Cork co-ops in particular, who will be above that figure and fair, uh, fair play to them for being above that figure. But the, the, especially the three major co-ops, the likes of Dairy Gold, Glandia, Kerry, Indeed, Lake has now probably the second largest crop in the country at this stage after Blambia. They're all 13, a quarter, 13 and a half mark. And that's not where they should be. We feel that there should be at least a cent and a half above that. So, essentially, what you're saying is that despite all the underlying uncertainty about Brexit and how Brexit might go, will it be a crash out with no deal? What will happen to our cheddar exports, our dairy exports, our livestock exports? You're saying that that type of excuse can't be used anymore by co-ops or processors. Any talk about uh, uncertainty uh, in the markets. You believe a price increase for milk supplied last month is now irresistible. For the peak months, 
is essential that the co-ops pay the best price possible. Because I suppose if I like the peak months, that are really the peak months. That's the that's the period of the year where farmers have their best chance to meet their their demands, their their debts, their liabilities, call it what you like. But like there's their best chance to try and get on top of their their their, their farming situation. And if the prices for the peak months are adding where they should be, it makes it harder for them to to break even before four years end. And like, that's why we were so concerned now that for the peak months that the price of milk is is actually has dipped. And it's come under pressure from the processors, and we feel that there is no justification for that at this point in time. For 2017 to 2018, there was a tons of powder in intervention, which kind of was there as a kind of a kind of pressure on the price of milk all the time. But thankfully, all that powder now is gone by a very small amount in Slovakia, and which is almost negative in comparison to the total amount that was there. So, like, there, there is no reason now, and like powders have happened considerably in the last six months. So we feel that the justification for using the cost sitting intervention as a stick probably to beat down the price is no longer there. So we feel that's all the more reason why the, the processor should now come to the table and pay what we feel it would be a, a more realistic price, which we seem to have in half place and what most of are paying at the moment. And you believe that the PPI just published that strongly supports your case for an improved price from milk supplied last month. You now say that the momentum for this price increase is, quote, irresistible. That's right, John. Because if, like, if you look at the all PPI index that came out today at 32.1 cents, the house of the month of May, and the co-ops who deal through all the best bulk of their product, they had been paid that money for for May's milk, and like there was an allowance there for six and a half cents for for production costs, and like we'll say they had more than adequate compensate for their production costs. So there's more, there's no reason why they should be behind the all no price index at this at this point, and like that's why. And we have met most of the crops, and only last week we met one of the biggest crops, and we'll actually meet more next week on an ongoing basis, trying to keep the pressure on them so to make sure that they realise how. And farmers are at the moment because of their downward pressure on the price of milk when actually it should be the opposite, it should be upward pressure on the price of milk. Mr Gerald Quain, Chairman, Chairperson of the ICMSA Dairy Committee. Thank you, Gerald. Thank you, John. And that's our programme for this morning. I'm John O'Connor. Thanks to John Foot on Controls and thanks to you, the listener, for tuning in. Have an enjoyable weekend and thanks for listening. Dairy Gold Agribusiness for quality feed, expert service and support you can trust. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.